Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Field of 68 Best Bets show presented by Bet Rivers. We are three men weave. We're here to talk about an awesome Wednesday college basketball slate. I'm Kai and I'm pumped. I want takeaways first from my fellas. Jim, wearing an Iowa State shirt. Is that part of your takeaway, I wonder? Tell us, please. Sure is. I'm Jim and I'm pumped. If you're Kai and I'm pumped, I'm Jim and I'm pumped. Pumped. Uh, yeah, I, it's Iowa State. And also, did we just know nothing about the Big 12 in the preseason? Uh-huh. Uh, Iowa State and K-State, we thought maybe were two of the lesser teams. We, we were probably overly mean to Kansas State in our Big 12 preview. They're 4-0, right up there with Iowa State and Kansas atop the league. Texas Tech is 0-4, and and now outside of the Ken Palm (laughs) Top 60, they got mashed by these Cyclones yesterday. The one thing that's consistent, Matthew, Kansas shot 39 free throws at home, uh, including 30 in the second half in a game they were mostly trailing. So eh, maybe the Fog Allen Fieldhouse vibes are still there. Hey, shouts to our King Mr. Scotty Schaefer in the chat, pointing out that KU has not been so fearful, dominant, destructive at home as a favorite in Big 12 play. Jim, you mentioned how the Big 12 teams went undefeated on the road over the weekend. I guess they're just sort of, they've built up calluses over the years. They're just immune to these tough, uh, crazy road environments, except if you're Texas Tech going into Hilton Coliseum because the Cyclones are an absolute Cyclone, especially when they're at home. Uh, My takeaway, how about DePaul, Chicago's Big East team. Yeah. Getting the big win over Villanova. Not quite the old Villanova marquee cachet one that we're used to, but, you know, based on how Villanova's playing recently, I'll give a uh, a partial gold star to Mr. Subofield, the boys, and Demon Land. First time partial since 2008. They would lost 22 straight to Villanova. 2008. Yep. Unbelievable. Uh, my takeaway, I'm buying K-State. All right. They were impressive yesterday. I, I, I am very impressed with this team. Marquise Knoll has got some serious swagger. The the shot and the complete 180 turnaround before it went in, the Steph Curry style, Nick Young style, but Nick Young missed that shot, the uh, the, the popular gif. Uh, that was cool. Now, they did get kind of dicey with an OK State team losing its best or, or best big guy, so maybe we should pump the brakes a bit, but still, I'm impressed. I'm on board. Also, Iowa State, I'm just on board as well. They might be the, the best team in the Big 12. They're nuts. I... I don't get it. I give up. Otzelberger is incredible. And then, yeah, my last takeaway was DePaul. <clears throat> Way to go, Demons. I should have gone to that game, I guess. Man, what are we doing, guys? Just not supporting our our Big East Chicago team. Oh, well. I think, I think K-State could win the national title, and that would be like, ah, not big enough sample. I don't believe in this team yet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Weren't they down with five to go in this game? Against were, the yes. Oklahoma State looked like absolutely terrible without C-State. Yeah, K-State's good, They're, but people are going to crown them way beyond what they're worth being crowned for. So I'll continue to be wrong. That's fine. Find the value. All right, let's start off with, I mean, an absolute marquee matchup here. UConn at Marquette. Fellas, what a matchup. Two top 10 offenses, two teams that are playing great. You could argue Marquette may be playing a little bit better right now, but UConn got back on track after the Creighton game. Jim, I still think UConn's a title contender, but man, there's no denying Marquette is awesome. It is UConn minus two and a half on the road right now. What do you think? Uh, first of all, I'm going to make a point to watch every Marquette game I can the rest of the year. <clears throat> they're super fun, and they're way better offensively than defensively, so you get a lot of up and down, great action, great ball movement. Uh, ben Steele, I think from the Journal Sentinel, just wrote a nice breakdown of uh, how great their top two passers are with Oso and Kolek. Highly recommend that. Uh, Shock as a dog, have to mention it. I know it's a short dog, but it matters. 73-48. and 48. Against the spread, 60% in his career. Jeez. Again, if you are back in shock, it is a 60% trend. How much do you care about that? You know, whatever. 
at Marquette, he's 15 and five, 75% as an underdog. It, it, it is like a real thing. My concern though, Matt, is that they could get absolutely punked on the glass today. Igadaro could be in foul trouble. That two-headed monster of Sonogo and Klingon is no joke inside. And Marquette's weakness probably is is true sheer size. And if Igadaro's off the floor, the splits aren't friendly. It's too much bed steel and, and not enough size. So that would be my concern for Marquette here. Yeah, I think I've been concerned that Marquette would be punked on the glass a few times this year, and they've just kind of won the chess match with, all right, we'll go small against your big, and our bigs are versatile and can move, and yours can't, and that nets out in our favor usually. But they've not seen like UConn bigs. So I, I don't think that theme is going to hold up tonight. I kind of like UConn, and I'm not going to bet it because the stat that Jim just cited is absolutely real. Um, but I do lean their way. If there wasn't like this whole Shaka dog, you know, rocket environment tonight up there at Pfizer form. I, I I would be on the uh the Huskies, but I respect it, so I'm not. They give up twenty two and thirteen to Joel Soriano. That's like maybe a analog. <laughs> I feel like Sonogo yeah. and Klingon could combine for thirty yeah. and twenty tonight. Yeah. And Marquette's home court is solid. they can beat anyone there. Uh it, it's true. But can their defense stop UConn? I I don't know. Uh I don't know if they do stand a chance inside. I do think UConn will eat the glass. Now they will be able to do some stuff on the other end. Klingon probably can't play a whole lot in this game. We'll see. I, I do think he would dominate on offense if he's in, but I don't see him being able to defend Marquette. Um, Sonogo will be fine. Caravan's fine. This UConn team is still really good. I, I think it's pretty close, but I'm leaning towards minus two, minus two and a half in favor of the Huskies. Probably staying away though, like my buddy Matt. Thank you. Next game in the SEC. Thank you. A very good one here. This one's kind of teetered. Uh, favorites in this one plus one minus one between alabama and arkansas matt arkansas tough place to play we think but the hogs are just three and four against the spread at home this year Alabama's clearly the better team with arkansas injuries but of course it doesn't mean they're going to win how do you see this game unfolding i hate that i like arkansas but i do like i love alabama i don't like arkansas it's been kind of the general theme of my opinions on both teams all season but this spot does feel like the right spot to bet arkansas i think jim will probably have better intel on the whole defensive scheme in which bama brings to bear like arkansas's offense has been thwarted by zone defenses the last few games nate oates is a good coach i think he's probably watching that game tape and probably uh, gleaning something from that, but Alabama like never plays zone, right? So I don't know how stubborn Oates is going to be. And when you have a defense that's as good as Bama's and man, why would you change? But I do think against Arkansas, it's worth considering at least given how uh, night and day difference that offense looks when you don't play against man. I like the spot though for Pig Suey, Jim, uh, at Bud Walton tonight. Yeah, I love the spot for Pig Suey at Bud Walton against Mizzou. I thought it was like a home run spot and they got down 15 early and scraped back, did not cover. I'm probably going to bet Bama here. This is kind of like the uh, uh, there's a recent Bama game like the at Mississippi State where it felt like, oh, it's kind of a pick them better spot for the home team. But I think Bama's almost impervious to spots right now, the way they're playing. Matt, you mentioned the defensive scheme. We think of Alabama like they hate mid-range jumpers on offense, like threes and rim only. They're the same thing on defense. They're they're fourth in the country enforcing the most mid-range shots per hoop blend or per, uh, per hoop math. They really get you in that range. They run you off the three-point line, and they've got towers at the rim, seventh in rim percentage uh, defense. Like, you just can't score at the rim. That's Arkansas's whole offense. If you force mm-hmm. them to live in the mid-range, that's a problem. Uh, it's it's mostly, like, drop coverage with the Tide. They're just going to lay back and let those guys come off ball screens. And, all right, Ricky Council, if you want to pull up for 15-footers all day, we'll let you do it. And he made them against Mizzou, Kai, but yeah. I don't know if that's a sustainable thing against uh, the Tide. I definitely prefer Alabama here. 
Yeah, Ricky Council was uh, insane against Mizzou, and maybe he can be again against Alabama. I tend to doubt it. He's a great player. Um, he'll get his, but yeah, if he's shooting mid-rangers all day, I, I'm not scared of Alabama losing this game. You're right. They're super hard to score against inside. I think it's really key, a really key matchup point. I'm, I'm not sure Arkansas finds an easy way to get buckets. It's very hard to dominate Arkansas on the glass. That's kind of their strong suit, but man, after watching that Alabama-Houston game, I'm pretty convinced Alabama can get rebounds over anybody. Um, and it's a very scary team right now to fade. So I actually lean towards Alabama as well. I agree with Matt. The spot is all Arkansas, but I'm leaning towards Alabama round pick. Next game here, Creighton at Xavier back to the Big East. I'm 100% in on the Xavier team, fellas. Just want to let that be known. Could very well be the best team in the Big East. I'm still thinking that's UConn, but man, we saw Xavier beat the Huskies already. They're definitely playing at their peak. Now, a little bit of money came in on Creighton here, Matt. The spread is down to minus two and a half at Bet Rivers in favor of Xavier. What do you think of this game? Yeah, I think the money sort of, I don't know. I've gone back and forth on this. I, I think the line's pretty sharp. I think Xavier, uh, they want to play inside out. But I think when you have Kalk in there, it just completely changes the game, obviously, right? That's not a super high-level take by me at all. But th- I think that's where, if you're looking to fade Xavier, you need to have that as like a neutralizing factor to the matchup angle, um, which certainly exists certainly exists with Creighton. And Jim, I talked about this on our uh, our show yesterday. I just don't think Creighton's or sorry Xavier's uh, home road discrepancy is that stark. Like I, I don't fear Creighton going into Xavier as like oh no, worry about Xavier's home, you know, completely blitzing the Jays. Like they've just been good both away and away from home and at home this year. So I think the price is just reflected is thus reflective of that. Um, and I have no play. Yeah, I mean they beat West Virginia by ten at home, UConn by ten at home. The Seton Hall effort looks dicey, but they were riddled with the flu. We know now in hindsight. Yeah, it's a good point. The flu is, but I don't yeah. really punish him for that. The big thing with Kalk is that if you pull him away from the rim, then it's a mm. problem for Creighton. And both Nunji and Fremantle can do that. They'll play a lot of too big, high low stuff. Where if he's on Nunji, they'll just put Nunji at the top of the key and either put Kalkbrenner in ball screens or just literally go high low, try to dump it down to Fremantle against Kaluma, I presume, and that's a little more of an issue. Uh, for Creighton here. I I think the matchup works fairly well for Xavier here. The concern is that their defense isn't always that sharp. And if Creighton makes open shots, they're lethal. Uh, I've I've talked about their splits. Some games they shoot over 50% from three, some it's sub 20. Like they're really, really inconsistent. If they come out and are scorching hot after a super cold game against UConn, then you kind of write all this off and Creighton probably wins. Uh, So kind of, I would lean towards Xavier, but I am probably going to stay away just out of fear of Creighton having that shooting outburst. You'd argue from a resume standpoint, this is more important for Creighton. They certainly need to rack up some quality wins after that whole sands Kalkbrenner fall they had a few uh, weeks ago. I think Xavier can pull Kalkbrenner away from the hoop with Nunji and Fremantle. Both can shoot and, and, and operate in space. And that tag team plus Deontay Miles, they can throw that at Kalkbrenner on the other end. I, I think it's going to be pretty effective. X is just the better team right now. I, I don't see Creighton winning this game. I love what Colby Jones and, and Sully Boom have been doing. And Sean Miller can flat out coach. So like I said, I'm totally on Xavier. I'm leaning towards minus two and a half right now um, against Creighton. Next one, we're heading to Penn State where the Nittany Lions are taking on Matthew Cox's alma mater, the Indiana Hoosiers. Matt, IU is in major trouble without Race Thompson, yeah. in my opinion. Losses mm. at Iowa and at home to Northwestern <clears throat> by a combined three points. Penn State, no pushover. Who you got today? 
Uh, Penn State, not because of the race Thompson thing. I think IU is actually going to be fine without him. I, just the way that IU operates most effectively, it's not with race Thompson and TJD in there. I think they're actually better with a little more space and more fluidity at that four spot, which is where the offense kind of opened up last game. But they didn't really guard anybody. Um, but the bigger underlying undercurrent here is like the team is, I think, sort of being called out mental midgets because of there's a lot of in, the Instagram trolling. Miller cop was involved in some, uh, some, uh, some child's play yesterday on the Twitter. We've seen that from a few other players. It just has a real bad vibe to it. Um, I don't have any inside Intel on like locker room tips, but it certainly exu- it's that osmosis is starting to permeate throughout the IU fan base. Kai. And when usually when there's smoke, there's usually fire. So really stupid handicap for me. I just think this IU team is sort of in disarray mentally, and I'm looking to fade it. Yeah, I kind of think they're in disarray as well, Matthew. Uh, the quotes after last game against Northwestern are not super encouraging. Uh, TJD basically said, oh, we think coach gave us a great game plan. Or he's saying, I think coach gave us a great game plan, but nobody followed it. Like he, he like outright said Eesh. that, like we didn't switch when we it was like to. a we TJD Woodson buddy, buddy thing. And like the rest of the team is sort of on their own Island. That's kind That's of a like, weird dynamic. He, he doesn't sound thrilled with like gun and uh, hood like executing the scheme and what they're supposed to be doing out there. I think Geronimo was another guy he mentioned. Yeah. He did not uh, look so good. that, that concerns me. I do think that'll have their attention and they'll be better defensively, at least tonight. Um, both them and Penn State have been shooting the lights out recently. I don't think Indiana's going to shoot 42% in three uh, from three in Big Ten play. Hood Shafino's 15 of his last 25. Like, come on. He, he didn't even enter uh, with a reputation as a shooter. He was just like kind of a jack-of-all-trades guy. Uh, so between that and I think Penn State's going to grind this one to a halt. They don't go for the offensive glass. They held Purdue to 62 possessions. Like They knew that they had the size disadvantage, so they kind of shortened the game. I think they're going to do that same thing here. I love the under. Best bet for me here, Penn State, Indiana under 142 and a half, slower game. I think it's going to be relatively inefficient unless there's some some big time shooting going on. But again, I, I think the regression is is coming for both of these teams, at least a little bit, enough for the under to be uh, a worthwhile play here. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Penn State here. Um, they don't have an answer for TJD for sure, but they do have big guards. Um, excuse me, Indiana has big guards that can combat, pick it in the post. I just think they can't guard them on the perimeter. Uh, they they have the length, but they've been so so denying the three ball thus far. Uh, I don't like I don't like what I'm hearing from the locker room. I'm leaning towards the kitties. Don't bet you. Yeah, don't bet them. Yeah, poor kid. Uh, poor uh, Indiana man. Thank Matt. you. They, they just can't we, catch we a break. Your alma mater. Uh, all right. From it all. <laughs> is this better than Indiana? By the way, that's a fun thing that's transpired. Like that's kind of a fact at this point. So. Fully healthy, I'd probably take Indiana. To be honest. True. Oh. Uh, chat mob part one. What do we got? Woo, a lot at me. Uh, I'm sure I missed a few. I'm sorry, mobsters. I'll get you on yeah, round probably, two, yeah. but you know, it's not how it usually goes. Uh, yes, Michael, we got our Hoosier opinion. Don't bet the Hoosiers. Renzo Bros with the twofer asking about Memphis UCF and um, Boise State UNLV. Do you have to just missed the cut, Jim? I'm going to you for Memphis UCF here. I kind of like the Tigers, um, but don't look now. The Knights are up to 35th in Kempom. Yeah, that's because they just beat SMU by 30 and left like 15 more spots. I, I think that is a little bit sketchy. SMU is missing its best player, one of the 25 highest usage guys in the country in Zurich Phelps. Still no Darius Johnson for UCF in this one. I think that might catch up to him against a much better defensive team. I'm with you, Matt. I, I like Memphis on the road here. It makes me a little nervous, but it does feel good to go back to, to backing King Kendrick. I missed it. 
Yeah, down to uh, minus one at most shops now. It's basically a pick them there. Kai, Boise, UNLV, the Rebs laying two at home, I believe. Uh, one and a half at some shots. shops. Excuse me. Felt short as a Rebel believer that I am. Part I got of Rebel nothing. Alliance. I got nothing this game, man. Boise State's a weird team. They can get blown yeah. out or they can blow teams out. They We know their defense is awesome. UNLV seems to gotten over the uh, Eli Parquet absence. Um, they went in and beat New Mexico on the road. So, yeah, I suppose I lean towards the Rebels here, Matt, but definitely nothing strong in this game. You know, these kind of been an over team without Parquet, best perimeter defender. I think that has yeah. at least helped that. A but also good luck betting overs against Bo- on Boise. I'm, it's not fun. <laughs> I've sworn off that personally. It's terrible. Yeah, Boise's been better than I thought they were. That's kind of how I – that's why I stayed away from you know me. I'm worried I just had to have a bad rating on the Broncos. Um, Matty Balte, our esteemed artist – a Picasso of sorts. He's got a two-pack question, Kai. I'm going to you for Utah Valley at Cal Baptist. The Lancers are a short dog, one and a half, basically a pick em here. Um, I kind of like the home team, as dangerous as Utah Valley's been. I'm looking at the line. Sorry. Oh, you said pick. My bad. Basically uh, one and a half pick. Yeah, I thought it's scattered. Sorry. I lean towards Utah Valley. I'm I'm really bought in on this team. Uh, I think Mark Madsen's awesome. I think this, this squad he has fits very well together. And I think Cal Baptist has kind of hit its peak. Um, I, I do think that they're a solid team. They definitely underachieved at the beginning of the year and have gotten a lot better, as we've seen the last couple uh, games. But I think they're near their peak right now. Time to sell a little bit. I, I lean towards Utah Valley. Jimmy also asked about Western Carolina at Chattanooga. The Catamounts, under Mr. Justin Gray, former West Wake Forest standout, have been quietly competent. Um, I like the mocks here. It was just too big for me to lay it. Minus 9, minus 10, based on where you're looking. Uh, yeah, where it's, I laid nine with chat. Um, I, I think they bounce back a little bit. They, not a super awesome performance against VMI. Uh, the old stomping grounds for Mr. Dan Earl. I, I don't know if there was some kind of like, I don't want to smash these guys. I have respect for the program right. type of thing. I, yep. uh, and I think Western Carolina is playing like way above its level. They're not getting easy baskets. They're, they're just kind of uh, not smoke and mirrors. It's too mean. They're, they're better than that. But I think Chattanooga kind of dominates and, and uh, Stevens has a massive, massive game here. Let's hit the Charleston-Wilmington showdown. A few people are asking about that. I don't want to source any one person. Inexplicable omission from our uh, outline know, today. Charleston up to minus three, Kai, laying a field goal on the road. Yeah, I like Charleston at minus one and a half. I was hoping Wilmington would take money, but I was wrong, and now I missed my price. Well, here's the deal, Matt. I don't support flow hoops, so I will not be putting a flow hoops game on the on the outline. And that's that's my take. You can't like don't charge a thousand dollars a month for CAA games. Good gosh. If, the, uh, if there's a free trial, this is a good oh, day to use it though. Yeah, true. If, if there is, if there is one yeah. that cheap company, pff, doubt it. Uh, plus three, man, Eileen Wilmington. I mean, uh, really, really tough team to fade right now. Wilmington, they, they did not cover their last game against A&T. The A&T backdoored it, but otherwise they've been a juggernaut against the spread. I think they're pretty scrappy and can hang with Charleston. I lean them at three. I think they're going to drag the tempo down too, which isn't Charleston's favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. All right. Fading Charleston. Good luck to both of you. Uh, Pat Taylor with uh, a myriad of brilliant questions per usual. He wants to talk Vermont UMass Lowell. Fun little tilt at the top of the AE standings. Is Lowell in full fade mode now that their regression monster is gobbling them up, Jim? Man, I don't know. Like they got blown out so badly by Albany that the value might have gotten kind of just one game. I like that. If you're gonna be. if you're gonna have the Russian monster come in, you want to have them take out one game. Yeah, Smart. Albany just made every three. They lost by twenty six. It was ridiculous. But Vermont also just lost last game to New Hampshire, first time in like fifteen tries against that team that they lost. So hard to figure out. Both teams are a little bit like 
buy low in the sense of how last game went. I just think Vermont is still going to assert itself as the better team here. Going to be probably kind of a grind, but I'm leaning towards Vermont there. I might bet it. I lean Vermont too. Kai, Patty also asked about Hampton, William, and Mary, two teams I have been, I don't know, kind of whack-a-mole for me this season. It, Hampton's terrible. William and Mary is a large favorite. Doesn't sound great either. Any take? Yeah, I was going to, I was leaning William and Mary minus seven. Then I said, you know what? I'm not laying seven points with this woman, William and Mary team. I think Hampton's terrible. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to win a game in the CAA, maybe Monmouth. That'll be like the Super Bowl for them. Uh, yeah, I, I would lean towards William and Mary or nothing there. I like William and Mary. They have not covered for me in a few bad end games. I believe they're a decent team. I'm not backing them today, but just reaff- reaffirming I'm staying the course there. Jim, Tim Kafer asked about Abilene Christian against R. Vaqueros, a team that you have stayed loyal to, and I salute you, um, which has been fairly profitable, I think, at least not losing money, correct? Yeah, they've been solid. Um, should have covered against Utah Valley. It got away from them late. Um, but Abilene's another team I've been backing a lot with a little bit of frustration. Hasn't been going that well. So it, both these teams are, I guess, I've been higher than the market, which washed out and made me set this one out. Yeah, sitting at minus six, six and a half, Abilene laying that on the road down in the Valley. Kai, Ryan Smith, another uh, AE showdown. Albany, after their rocket ship performance against um, against Lowell, now they go to Bryant. Thoughts? Eileen Bryant, uh, I think that Albany game was a flash in the pan. Uh, I think Bryant can blow him out. Didn't take it, though. Jim, Maddie Akers asking about Missouri Valley till Indiana State hosting Southern Illinois. Line's been four and a half, five Indiana State short favorite at home. I kind of lean toward ISU Blue. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, they already won at Southern Illinois. That's the concern. Maybe like the, the flip-flop where the Salukis come back in, get the revenge. ISU 6-0 atop the league, two games clear of every other contender. Are they really going to run away with the Valley? That would surprise me. This yeah. might be one where they get brought back down to earth. I kind of lean towards the dog there, Matthew. Yeah, what about FAU at FIU? The Ooh. battle for the South Beach area proper, whatever you want to call it. Thoughts? Uh, I didn't take it. I lean towards FAU. Can FIU really beat UAB Charlotte and FAU three like all in a row? That would be absolutely bonkers. Yes, the answer this, is yes. This FIU team is playing over its head. Um, it's not Were that they? good. We thought they'd be good though, and then they kind of had injuries and started I, falling off. I think I thought, they're just over I they're they'd solid. Be better than terrible. I thought they'd be solid, but I think it's fool's gold. Um, I lean towards FAU. FAU okay. can handle the pressure. They had their egg. They were up nineteen against Charlotte after the UAB win, and then just kind of went to sleep. That's how this team is awesome. FAU. They're really good. Yeah, FAU is great. I'm definitely not fading FAU, but I do think FAU is competent. I disagree with you on both of you on that take. Uh, Jim, Luke, another Northeast showdown: Colgate versus Boston. Colgate destroys everyone generally. Um, Boston's old but overrated thoughts. Yeah, bad version of Boston right now. Uh, they did get Walter White back last game. That's like massively important. If he were to be out again, you you smash Colgate here. Uh, but Colgate had somewhat of a stinker last game. I think they come out a little more focused back home here. No, no interest in getting in the way of the Raiders. It would be Colgate or bust. Uh, Kai, question about High Point at Chuck South, a.k.a. Charleston Southern. Um, mm. I forget who mentioned this. I apologize for not sourcing your name, but seven straight losses potentially for the Panthers. Wow. Yeah, pretty shocking. Their own four in the Big South, um, something nobody expected. They thought this this team would compete uh, in this league, and I thought so too. I will admit Charleston Southern is better than I thought they would be uh, this season. They've been pretty scrappy. 
Having said that, I do lean towards high point here at minus one and a half, but they're one of the teams that I've been very poor on this season, so I am staying fully away. Jim, last year from the metric panda, gets everything else at the end here. Virginia Tech on the road at the Carrier Dome in Orange Land, laying a field goal. Hunter Couture status is the question mark here for the Hokies. Yeah, I don't. I can't give you anything here until I know Couture status. I mean, it's maybe less. They're not running him off of a crazy web of screens against the zone, but he's also an elite shooter, and so him being out there in the zone matters. He's also like a sneaky, awesome defender, uh, so they need him out there. Uh, it will. It'll pretty much hinge whether he plays or not. I think he's playing. I hope hmm. so. I think well, he's playing. If I had to, if I was so a betting man, I would say he's playing. And you, you are so bet on it. Um, Mr. Pekin, last one here. <laughs> Campbell, USC Upstate. The Camels at the Spartans. I don't have a strong take here. Campbell's got injury issues. That's all I know. Yep. Dunn and Carolero have been out forever for Campbell. Uh, Upstate's been a lot better in Big South play. Uh, I thought I had them overrated at the beginning of the year, and turns out, no, they're actually kind of a scrappy. But Campbell being a dog here surprises me. I lean towards them plus one. I kind of agree, too. Uh, back to outline. Let's do it. Baylor at West Virginia craziness guys in the big 12 Baylor ranks sixth in the big 12 and Kim Palm sixth behind West Virginia. Yes. West Virginia ranks fifth in Kim Palm in this conference. Kind of surprising bears are 0 three in league play would be almost unfathomable Jim for them to start 0 four, but West Virginia also winless. Maybe they're poised to knock off a big opponent at home here. What do you think? I don't know, man. Both these teams are so frustrating lately. <laughs> yes, they are. Especially Baylor, a team I was much higher on coming into the year. They have not really figured out the offensive, not really packing order, but just kind of like the attack. It's not having a true point guard leaves them a pretty unsettled at times. It's a lot of, I hate to say this about Scott Drew teams, there's a lot of my turn, your turn to it. Where it's mm-hmm. like, all right, this is a Keontae George possession. This is a Flagler possession. And it just doesn't have a lot of flow to it. There's not like... One guy kind of drives at another one, little dribble handoff, gets somebody else going towards the rim. It's a lot of ISO type stuff. That worries me against Bob Huggins. I think he can kind of shut the faucet off on that sort of action. I will always lean Baylor against West Virginia, just based on my preseason perception of the teams. I think they're a better, like way better roster, more talent. But uh, Matt, I don't trust them enough to bet them on the road. Yeah, two teams that I liked, I guess, preseason. Um, I think I was... I feel good about my rating in West Virginia. Baylor, I'm really soul-searching with this team. It, the lack of continuity is part of it. The team DNA does not exude defensive confidence. They just haven't guarded people. Like We've seen multiple games. They just really have not guarded the ball. Um, and so I, I actually kind of lean toward West Virginia. I, I can't believe I'm actually laying points against Baylor to West Virginia if I want to bet that side, so I didn't do it, but I would lean that way, Kai. I think if you're going to bet West Virginia, you have to know Kedrian Johnson's status. He's a game time decision, decision yes. for West Virginia. Super key. Um, I'm not ready to give up on Baylor quite yet. I think they they clearly have to handle the ball against West Virginia. That does bother me. Kedrian Johnson being out would be a, a help for Baylor there. If the whistles aren't doing a little home cooking here, I think the Bears should live at the line. We know Bob Huggins' teams love to foul. The Bears are pretty good at drawing fouls. I think it's going to be close, but I think Baylor pulls it out. I'm leaning their way at plus one and a half. Next game here is a Big Ten battle that, man, might be for first place, second place in the Big Ten. Northwestern's three and one hosting Rutgers, Jim. They beat Sparty at Sparty, Illinois, and Indiana at IU. They're currently the highest they've ever been in Kempom since the 2017 tournament team. Do you think they beat Rutgers tonight? I don't. 
Rutgers off a loss, but like how much longer can I keep doubting Northwestern? I'm not yeah. going to fade it at this point. Uh, we talked about their January swoons in the past, how bad they've been. Doesn't seem to be the case this year. Uh, two really, really good wins in a row against basically everyone's preseason picks to win the league, either Indiana or Illinois. That was everybody's choice. And boom, no, Northwestern says no to that. Uh, they've got journalism Matumbo. That's what I call Matthew Nicholson. He is a monster at the rim, totally dominant rebounder. Uh, has just kind of shut off any potential easy buckets for for teams when he's on the floor. Uh, Northwestern does struggle to score at times. I was surprised how much they racked up buckets against Indiana's defense. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't score against Rutgers, that's a real problem. So I would lean Rutgers playing this rock fight. I think they just got a little more juice to them. Uh, Omori can hopefully score a little bit inside against Mr. Journalism Matumbo. Maybe I should have called him Metal Matumbo because that's the journalism school at Northwestern. Good. But um mm. Either way, uh, slightly into Rutgers here, Matthew. I have no take. I think the line's about right. Um, I actually have Northwestern a slight favorite in this game. In Northwestern, here's why I think this year is more real than prior years. Nicholson, as you mentioned, Jim, um, just a game changer up front. I think he's like a real interior presence. And then a healthy Chase Audige. Like You can see how much more spry he looks on both ends. And this offense really is, um, it can be tough to watch at times, but you have two legit tough shot makers and shot creators and Bowie and Audige that you can kind of ride them when they're hot. You're awesome. When you're cold, you still have a defense to fall back on, which has kind of been the recipe all year for this team against Rutgers on the road. That's probably good enough to get it done. So I would lean toward the cats. Uh, it's going to be ugly Two top 10 defenses, I think it's ugly too. both very scrappy physical. Yeah. Nicholson's a true rim protector down low. He He's basically spurred this um, second best two point field goal percentage defense in the country for Northwestern. The match between him and Omori will be great. I just think the size of Rutgers guards, Mulcahy, McConnell, they're going to be a tough challenge for the smaller Bowie, the smaller Barry, the small-ish Audige. I think Rutgers is better. I still think Northwestern's kind of fool's gold. I, I think Ruck, I, I lean Rutgers here at, at minus one. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. I'm not going to the game. Again, a, a missed opportunity for us to go to this game. We just are kind of lazy, I suppose, sitting on our haunches. Yeah, it's, I'm, I am. I am Busy, Kai. Uh, we're really busy. We're super busy. All right, let's talk the Missouri Tigers. Of course, we're going to talk them. They're ranked. Jim and I went to school there. It's great. Uh, they are playing Texas A&M. Texas A&M has taken money. This spread is up to four and a half, which, if you recall, is the line that closed for, excuse me, is the is the closing line for LSU at A&M. So, Jim, is Mizzou on par with LSU? Can they make a statement on the road here with a win? Or is A&M going to continue its... Pretty good start in SEC play. Yeah, Kai, look at it two different ways from the line. Like, I do think Missouri's better than LSU, and so that makes me think this line's a little too high. I also think Arkansas is more than three points better than AM. That game closed like seven and a half, Mizzou at Arkansas. Yep. Now this is only four and a half, like, or, or it's up to, up to four and a half. I, I, I don't like it because I'm not going to bet many Mizzou games this year. There's just too much intermingling of hope, fandom, and yep. uh, financial interest. But I have to lean Mizzou at this line. I don't think Texas a and better on a neutral. That's what this is telling me. I disagree. Like, yeah, I disagree wholeheartedly well. with that idea, yep. with that notion. Um, Missouri can handle the pressure a little bit, and they're going to throw pressure right back. Texas A&M's banged up. They're not fully healthy right now. Maybe the Tigers are nothing for me here, Matthew. Uh, well, it's the best bet for me, baby. M-I-Z, the false sun Z-O-Y. returns, Kai. Z-O-Y-A. Thank you. You complete the sentence. Yeah, I don't. you guys said every good handy technical handicapping point. 
Um, I just think a and not a good team. And we're going to react to AM because they beat Florida in a weird spot on the road. Great. Florida's whatever. And then they beat LSU. LSU's not any good, as I've been telling you all season. Yep, uh, Mizzou's a better team. And I think Mizzou will flourish in this kind of helter-skelter type of game. This could be a really crazy turnover-induced sort of um, affair. I mean, A&M's pressure is pretty legit. Like, when they're dialed in and locked in, um, they can disrupt bad, timid backcourts. But, like, Mizzou's guards will thrive in that, they're right? Good. We've seen that. And they're good, and they're deep, um, and they're not going to shy out. They're going to attack it and get easy, efficient buckets, either be transition threes or, or dunks. So I love the Tigers. Um, yeah. The 12th man doesn't scare me. Sorry. Yeah, AM's wins against Ford and LSU. Those those are the only two wins they have in the top 130 of Kempom. So they have been really bad. Now, have they turned around a little bit? Maybe. I do think they'll destroy Mizzou on the glass and they'll get to the line, but I think Mizzou's zone causes them problems. AM beats you with athleticism and rim attack. You can't really do that against Mizzou's zone. And Mizzou's pretty athletic. Uh three through or really five through one, since they play basically all wings. Um, A&M's 31% from deep this year, 19% in SEC play. That's dead last in the conference through two games, small sample size, but it matters against the zone. No regression, regression, hopefully. I I think Tigers are legit. They do move the ball. Well, I I think A&M can get lost in spacing here. I think Mizzou can have success pulling Coleman and Marble, who A&M plays. Marble's the the key. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta play Marble off the floor because Marble can get it, can eat inside. So yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's going to be a chess match. On each end, I think it's too high. I lean towards Mizzou plus four and a half. Kimpom makes it one. Really curious uh, on the money there for AM. Interesting. All right. TCU at Texas. Here we go. Yes, this game was the last one on the outline here. I it's a very great matchup. It shouldn't be this low, but it's where it is. Jim, six and a half points is Texas TCU's spread. TCU had an ugly loss against Iowa State that put a damper on their 11 game win streak, but I think they're legit. And they can prove it with a win at Texas. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, losing to Iowa State looks fine now. Like, what, what, what were you mad they lost to a top 20 Kenpon team? That team's incredible. Iowa State's ridiculous. They're awesome. Um, I, I think since the first initial bye game run where Texas destroyed everybody, be Houston Christian by 50 and Pine Bluff by 45, and uh, TCU only won by like four against their Southland competition and lost Northwestern State. It seems to have been equal, if anything, maybe TCU even a little better. Now it's six and a half. I know I respect the Big 12 home court and, and gave some, you know, and, you know, I put that into my number, but I can't make the six and a half. I wrote this up for Action Network. I think TCU is a really good bet here. Hang around, potentially win outright, Maddie. I think this is a potential Maddie Moneylines moment. I agree. The Horn Frogs are solid in Texas. We just don't know what they are. Like, I wrote this in the article. They gave up 116 to K-State, and then in their next game, the two teams combined for 102. Like, just they, what are they? Are they good yeah. on defense? Are they bad on offense? Like, I, I can't figure them out. TCU, I feel a lot more confident right, right now. Yeah, I was hoping TCU would come forth with the more convic- you know, effort of conviction the last two games. Like, they look good, but not great. Doesn't give me a ton of confidence backing here on the road, but I do think it's the right side. I, I think the price is actually about right, even though it felt high at first glance. I like the money line angle. Um, I think it's just a game that TCU goes all in for, and it's a game that with a Texas team that can go one or two ways quickly, you probably have some value there with a little money line sprinkle. Uh, I think Texas is still really good, despite the coaching drama, but I, I just like TCU better. Six points is a lot, six and a half. I don't see Texas winning this game by more than two possessions. I, I They can win for sure, but it's going to be close. I think TCU can kind of out-muscle Texas, as weird as that 
sounds. I think they're tougher. And Mike Miles is the best player on the floor. Texas lacks shooting. It's really hard to score inside the arc against the Frogs. They're very athletic. They're very physical. Yeah, TCU plus six and a half is the way I'm I'm, I'm leaning towards, fellas. Before we get to Chat Mob Part 2, fellas, ladies, can you please hit the like button for us on the YouTube video? That would be most appreciated. Thank you. And now we go to Chat Mob Part 2, hosted by Matt Cox. Yeah, I think we need to hit on the Pitt-Duke game. Uh, our King Russ... Save very, it. Why don't we just save it for best bets, man? We'll save it for best bets. I know. There's some good takes on this game. Um, let's go to Ray Reyeston asking about Louisiana Tech at North Texas. Uh, North Texas laying nine is ridiculous, in his opinion. I tend to agree, um, but I don't like fading North Texas in general. That's just kind of my thought. I don't, either, Jim, I don't know sorry. who that question is directed to. Yeah, that's you. Uh, I hate fading North Texas. It, we thought they were going to be like different this year, more offensive focused and faster nope exact same team as last year just the same team as last year right slowest offense in the country they just meticulously pull you apart and have better shot makers than you uh i i I don't want to fade them yep i think he's on to the right beat there i just you know fundamental principle of betting against sort of texas doesn't usually go so fun there they can put runs on you uh in a hurry kai j-man middle tennessee rice another conference usa showdown interesting handicap here rice got shellacked by the Blue Raiders earlier in the non-conference. Now it's a revenge game and Rice is playing way better. So what gives? Yeah, and Rice took money here up to minus two and a half at Bet Rivers. Uh, Middle Tennessee is a team that I've lost every game betting on or fading. So I will be staying away from this game with a 30,000 foot pole. No thanks. Neither side. Yeah, Rice up to minus two. They are on Jim's right. no bet list, as you can see. No bet list. Middle Tennessee, no bet list. Yes. I think if that Rice hits if Rice hits three, I might take the Blue Raiders. Uh, I think that first game closed seven the other direction. So I know Rice is better, but you're a complete team since that, I think. We had them priced as the team they're playing like right now back in that first matchup. I still think this line's a little bit of an right. overcorrection, but we'll see. Uh that conference so, game was on November fifteenth. That's really stupid. Weird. Made no really sense. Strange. Scheduling made no yeah. sense. Very dumb. Um Corp 10024, Jim, asked about Mercer catching six and a half against Furman. Two teams I don't like, and I really don't like Mercer. Um, that does feel like a big height, though, against Furman, who cannot defend anybody. Yeah, I have about 10 teams on my no-bet list. Mercer is the most recent addition, along with Toledo Unders, which actually kind of coincidentally hit last night. Uh, but I, I just think Mercer is really, really tough to figure out. Their lineup kind of changes every night. The rotation, they've almost got too many pieces that are all kind of the same. And so Gary's like, trying to figure it out and they've been smashed a few times where I thought they really should have competed. So I I'm staying away from them. Hi, AJ Tulane SMU. Uh, yeah, we've made fun of Pony express this season and I think they're starting to rear their ugly head again. Now this line is currently sitting at pardon my four. control fine four. Yes, it is short road favorite are the wave. Yeah. Uh, SMU looked great in Hawaii after a terrible non-con and then they have looked terrible again. Zurich Phelps. That's your handicap in this game. Uh, he was out last game for SMU, as we mentioned in the UCF section. He's huge. The market thinks he's out again with the minus four here. I was hoping to take Tulane in a smaller number and just hoping Phelps was out, but it got too high. I'm staying away. I can't find any information on Phelps. If you know anything on Phelps, let me know. But they're Drop not covered chat. very well. Yeah. Uh, stay away from me at four. Jim, any Richmond Davidson thoughts? This felt like the sharpest line of the day where it's like Davidson minus two and a half. Okay, yeah, seems about right, and I moved along. I would have bet Davidson at two, but uh, just over the two and a half is enough for me. Like, eh, I think it should be probably a close game, and the half point could matter. I'm going to sit it out. Davidson's been very up and down 
technically, this would be an up game for them after getting smashed by VCU, but who knows? Kai, East Tennessee State at the Citadel. This line did jump out at me, but then I I revisited the Buccaneers' recent results, and I can understand why East Tennessee State is basically a pick 'em with the Dell. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, boy, I, it jumped out at me as well, Matt. Uh, and they're plus one. Uh, I don't know if they should be plus a dog one, yeah, wow. at the Citadel. I really don't. But e- ETSU is another one of those teams I haven't been able to figure out. So I, I did stay away. I don't like the. I disavow the uh, the Desmond Oliver East Tennessee State team the last two years. So I just need to like get this team not Forbes prior off yeah. my off the front of my face shield. Uh, Jim, head out west. Maddie Akers asking about UC Santa Barbara at Cal State Bakersfield. The line fell high at first glance because Bakersfield can drag games down to the mud. Uh, plus nine at the shake and bake. Thoughts? That is a high number, but like there's a chance Bakersfield scores 36 points or something. Yeah, I, I think know, what's the team total? 45 horrific, or something? I don't know. Terrific yeah. offensively, and Barbara's a really, really good defense. <laughs> Obviously indicated by that number. I have no appetite to back Bakersfield uh, getting single digits against the best team in the league that might be kind of rising to the preseason expectations we had for him with that talented starting lineup. Uh, I'll, I'll sit that one out. Uh, kind of another one from Matty B. LaSalle at UMass, eight and a half. Felt kind of big to me. The Explorers. Fran Duffy's team's not been that good this year, man. I don't I don't like that squad. They've been okay. Yeah, it's nine at Bet Rivers. I lean towards LaSalle. That's a lot of points for UMass to lay. Levesque yeah, is a game time decision for UMass. I certainly wouldn't. If if you're out there betting UMass, I would like what 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 about UMass trust instills trust in you to bet to lay nine? Anyway, um Eve, Arcade. Wow, he's returned. Good to see you back in the in the mix. Jimbo, Houston minus 12 first half. I think he's barking up the right tree with that one against the uh the Bulls. Yeah, I don't see why you'd want to get against Houston first half. Uh they've been a monster in that situation throughout Samson's tenure, especially as they've gotten really, really good. And we know that uh South Florida has played fairly fast in first halves, which gives you more possessions for this to play out. I think that's going to be an issue for uh for South Florida. So yeah, sure, Houston, why not? Love it. Kai, how about Delaware Towson? The uh, the Blue Hens are hosting Towson. I kind of liked Towson at the initial number, um, but I didn't take it. It seems like the chat mobsters like Delaware. Thoughts? Two and a half, I think. Three? Three. Three. Uh, yeah, Towson hasn't been great. I don't know if Cam Holden's back for Towson. That's a matters a lot. Huge question mark. And then Jameer Nelson Jr. also for Delaware. Like that's why I didn't take this game. Good point. <laughs> yes, yeah. Delaware's best player was gone last game. Towson's best player was gone last game. I can't can't bet either side without knowing. I missed the Nelson part. Wow, great great call. Yeah, there's too many games. I'm I've I've officially lost my uh, brain processing power. All right, going to the chat here for a few more at the horn. Uh, Jim, Jim, did we talk about your ground troops against American, who I think is like a subtle juggernaut in that conference right now? Yeah, Patriot. Americans awesome and like it, this this underlying stuff seems really sustainable to me. Like they're dominating the two point percentage on both ends of the floor. I test that's, looks great. They just look really real. good. I don't know what to say. Yep. Um, I'm I'm pretty in on them. I like the under there. I think they frustrate Army, who kind of just gave a home run effort against Colgate on Monday. Forty eight hours later, I, I, I like under and, and probably lean American on the side. Uh, how about um? Oh, the Dukes, Mister McKeon. The Fighting Keith Damrots are headed to St. Joe's to fight to take on the Fighting Billy Langs, laying a field goal on the road. I like the Dukes getting a little healthier, and St. Joe's is St. Joe's. Yep, not a huge fan of St. Joe's. Duquesne's clearly better. Uh, Trey Williams missed last game for Duquesne, so they're not really healthier uh, unless he's back. So that's a that's a guy to watch. Okay, fair. I guess I'm looking to more of the Brewer and Reese 
but yeah, they've, back for they've a while had a guy now, out of so. lineup like every game. McGriff in this last game, too. And McGriff. Two starting yep. Calgary. I, they got up like 30 on Richmond, made every three in the first half. They're at 47 to 25 and then lost that game because they stopped making threes. So. Yeah. Dan Brown talks about how I think the roster inconsistency is basically shining through in the in-game volatility of the runs that they've, and they've certainly, yeah, good live betting team. Add that to your live betting list, I guess. Uh, Samford, Wofford, last one here, a uh, Samford open minus four down to minus three. They're hosting the Terrors at home. Uh, Jim, Samford, whole different team in conference play, and they have one of the better home courts in college hoops and then majored them. Yeah, they're tough to figure out. Again, team with no injury information out there. I don't know if Quest Glover is going to be back. Uh, if he's out, I would be pretty much on board with uh, the under as a best bet. I think Wofford drags this game into the mud, and Sanford hasn't really run that much without Glover. Like, look at their non-con. They're at 74, 77 possessions, and in league play, 64, 60, 67. Like, it's going to be a slow game if he's out. I just don't know because the reporting is is not great there. So I'm waiting. Holding pattern we will probably add the under if he's out. Yeah, Jim, I tried to do the Sanford under train, but it got burned. Uh, Market, row, markets adjusted. Actually. So I will markets say that. Adjusted pretty, pretty markets quickly. adjusted pretty strong to Sanford unders. So just TBD out there. Or yes, and that one, uh, Kempom's got it at 143. And what's this number actually at? Yeah, 139. So basically a four-point shade there. Um, all right, best bets. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to kick to Jim first for his. We gave away one. Let's get a second one, Jim. That's right. Indiana Penn State under 142 and a half already gave out before the first chat mob break. And then also going to Durham here, Duke Pitt. I'm taking the under 142. Uh, the splits for Duke are not friendly with Jeremy Roach off the floor. I know he hasn't been sharp lately, but even with him out, I think they struggle for some shot creation. Uh, Pitt also a much better offensive team than defense, but going to Duke team with a lot more size. I think they might struggle a little bit with that. Uh, potentially a slower game. I, I'm just taking the under there, Kai 142. The roach part is a, is a big factor. There. Huge. Love it, Jim. Well, I'm staying in that same game. I'm going pit plus eight and a half for my best bet. I smell blood with Duke. I, I do. Um, I, I think they are a vulnerable team. It's much. I was on Georgia Tech yesterday for the same reason. I smelled blood with Notre Dame. I just don't think these ACC teams are that strong that are being priced as such in the market. And Pitt's a solid team. Duke without Roach doesn't look crisp right now. Pitt, proven ability to play on the road this year, beat Syracuse and NC State on the road. Maybe a little anger factor with Capel due to the coaching hire for Shire from Duke. I don't think that really plays into the handicap, but still interesting to think about. I also love Pitt's experience, Matt. I think it's overlooked. They're one of the oldest teams in the country. Yeah. Without Roach, Duke is extremely young. So I think this game stays close within two or three possessions, eight and a half points. I'll take the Panthers. Yeah, Cable's talked about how like they're what a day. I know. I'm telling you, I know. It's funny. I got off the pit bandwagon too quickly. Like I wrote it for two or three games and I got off, and it's like that's still it's still chugging along. Um, when I see Russ, as I mentioned earlier, with conviction endorse pit, and then my buddy Mitch, who knows Duke's hoop as well as anyone, um, say it's the the best bet he's made all year. Like when you have a beat on a team. And you know the team well, that that usually is a good indicator. So I, I think Pitt's a good side tonight. Um knock on wood as usual. And my bet, hopefully I don't jinx uh your Missouri Tigers, but Missouri plus four and a half, headed into the twelfth man arena and hopefully gonna come out with the W. Love it. Thank you out there for joining the Best Bets show presented by Bet Rivers and Field of 68. We're back tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. Till then, good luck on your bets. We will see you tomorrow.